to the Grace Hour, the live international talk radio ministry of Greater Grace Church in Baltimore, Maryland. You can join us on the air today by calling 1-800-338-7060 or 410-483-3700 from outside of the United States. Now, here is our host. Welcome to the Grace Hour. I'm Pastor Steve Andrelonis, and we have a great uh, time for you today. We would re- we're really talking about the subject of prayer in these days. Uh, with me today in the studio is Pastor Chris Moore. He's pastoring uh, uh, in the Philadelphia area right now, but he's also served in Poland, Ukraine, among other places. And uh, really, uh, he's written a book called The Drawing Into Prayer, and it's a 30-day devotional about really strengthening your life in the presence of God at the throne of grace. And so the Grace Hour is all about helping you and encouraging you in the most holy faith. And we thank you for joining us today, whether it's on the radio, listening to the radio on WRBS in Baltimore, or whether you're uh, listening on the Internet. Uh, somehow or on one of your smart devices that thinks for you. No, doesn't think for you, does it? No, I have one of those devices right in front of me. It helps me do the program. So, (laughs) but uh, we're thankful that you're with us listening and enjoying uh, the Word of God. You know, God has given us this day and uh, we really, uh, we we treasure every day. We want to treasure every day. That's our our purpose and our plan. Some days things might not go so well, but we have a Savior and we have an advocate who is with the Father interceding for us. So uh, as you heard at the opening of the program, we do have a couple of phone numbers uh, for you to use if you'd like to be a part of the program. And really, don't be shy. Really, you have something great to say. Uh, we believe it. We believe you have something great to say, and we'd love for you to call us at 1-800-338-7060. Other number for you to use in the Baltimore area and also internationally, 410-483-3700. If you're shy about being on the air and you don't want to have your voice out there for people to hear, you can send us an email, and the address is questions at gracehour.org, or you can follow us on Twitter, at the grace hour that's at the grace hour if you'd like to tweet and we'll take that also so any way that you'd like to be a part of this next uh, hour with us uh, you can choose to do that so we're grateful that you're there and listening and I'm going to turn the time over right now to uh, Pastor Chris Moore welcome Pastor Chris hi Pastor Steve it's just really great to be here and to be on the grace hour what a privilege uh, I love Grace Hour because this is how my family came into the ministry. 1978, my dad had bought a old stereo from my mom, brought it home, and she turned it on. This is up in South Berwick, Maine, and we heard, at that time, it was called Telephone Time. And we started going to the church services, hearing Pastor Stevens in South Berwick in 78, and then joined the church, and uh, it's just been an amazing time, an amazing ride since then. 
So it's just wonderful to be here. The subject of prayer is, I think, a subject that we could talk a lot about it, but I think the greatest way to learn prayer is to ask the question that the disciples asked when they observed Jesus praying, and they said, teach us how to pray. And we had fun writing this book. Um, it took about two two years to write it, and at the end of the writing of the book, I realized that um, we need to go back to the school of prayer. <laughs> but prayer is really such an amazing gift, and I think it's something that a lot of believers uh, may not ever experience or may not know the depth of the joys of prayer. It's really a secret that is waiting to be discovered in our Christian life. And I think that in our ministry over the many years, we've had some amazing, and we have some amazing examples of people who pray. And we've had some great messages by Dr. Stevens and others on the subject of prayer. Uh, we all remember uh, Pastor Stevens's times when he would talk about his prayer life, sometimes he would be wakened in the middle of the night to go and pray at his prayer altar that he had in his basement, and pictures of all of the people that he loved all over the world were on his prayer altar, and we would hear how God would stir him in the night and speak to him in prayer, and then we would see the result of that and the anointing of that in his messages and in his life. Prayer is something that we, I don't know if we can talk a lot about it, but it is something that is very precious and very private that we can experience personally with God. And I just, I think there's just maybe four points that I'd like to make this, this afternoon on the subject, if God would help me do this. The first subject, or the first point is, is that Really, prayer is something that we cannot do by ourselves. It really requires God drawing us into that place of communion with him. I like this verse in John 6, verse 44, where it really sets the tone, I think, in a lot of ways for how prayer begins. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent him draw him. And I love those words because... God wants to draw people to Jesus Christ, and that really is the center of prayer, Jesus Christ and his word. That's the center of all prayer, and that is the focus of all prayer, because prayer can get very subjective. It can become very mystical when it loses sight of Jesus Christ, the center of everything that we could ever want or desire. I love this quote about the potency of prayer by Chrysostom. He wrote this about three or 400 A.D. He said, The potency of prayer has subdued the strength of fire. It had bridled the, the rage of lions, hushed the anarchy to rest, extinguished wars, appeased the elements, expelled demons, burst the chains of death, expanded the gates of heaven, 
assuaged diseases, repelled frauds, rescued cities from destruction, stayed the sun in its course, and arrested the progress of the thunderbolt. Prayer is an all-efficient panoply, a treasure undiminished, a mine which is never exhausted, a sky unobscured by clouds, a heaven unruffled by the storm. It's the roots, the fountain, the mother of all a thousand blessings. That's an amazing description of prayer, isn't it? How prayer is a an amazing, amazing weapon uh, for the believer in, in Ephesians chapter 6. But I'd like just for a minute to talk about how God draws us into his presence. Uh, Abraham Cooper said this, prayer is the drawing and the pressing, and I love these words, listen to this, prayer is the drawing and the pressing of the impressed image towards its original, which is the triune God, which means that prayer really is the drawing and the pressing of who we are in Christ to the original Jesus Christ. It is fellowshipping with who we really are in the eyes of God. It's really important to understand that prayer doesn't originate from anything else but really the Spirit of God. And this Holy Spirit draws us to seek Him in prayer. And it's not really something that we do out of own, our own willpower and endeavoring. It really is something that God speaks, draws, and then we respond. Because there's nothing in the flesh or nothing in the old sin nature or the fallen man that desires to pray. There's nothing in him at all. He only has a religious sense of what he ought to do because he has no prayer within himself. Um, we know that we ought to pray, and whenever we talk about the subject of prayer, I think it would be very easy immediately right off the offset to feel condemned that we don't pray enough. And in all of our in all of our uh, in all of our understanding of prayer, there really has to begin with grace. Because as a believer, as a grace believer, uh, it would be so easy to have grace as the basis of everything that we believe in, missions, outreach, study, everything that we do. But it would be so easy for us to drop the subject of grace in the way it relates to prayer. And that's the way I, that's why I like that prayer is always something that God initiates to us. Genesis chapter 3, we see that God is seeking man. Uh, man fails the mandate that was given right at the outset, but God goes after him and draws man to himself. The, the word of God is so precious when it says in Psalm 27 verse 8, Seek my face. David said this, and when God said to him, seek my face, our response to the Holy Spirit is, thy face will I seek. God initiates to us, and we respond, I want to seek your face. And I think that whenever we look at our prayer life and we say, I don't pray enough, or I desire to pray more, or I des desire to discover the secret of prayer, we have to begin with this, that God speak to me and draw me into prayer because anything else would be just a response in the flesh. We have to remember that when the word of grace speaks to us, we cannot respond to it in the energy of the flesh. We just have to mix faith with it and agree with God and allow God to draw us into that place. Song of Solomon has a 
said it beautifully in verse 1, uh, chapter 1 of ver- in verse 4, draw me, we will run after thee. God's plan of drawing is to draw us into a place where we begin to pray, and prayer begins to be something that is easy as the way we breathe and not something that is exercised out of just sheer willpower. You know, Samuel Chadwick said said this, and I like this quote. He said, Satan dreads nothing but prayer. His one concern is to keep the saints from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. Prayer is such an amazing asset and such an amazing tool in our lives. Uh, I like what um, Hudson Taylor's wife said in as they over as they spoke about the overview of the mission in in China. She said that when we look at the churches that were started in China, we can see the difference between those churches that were started with much prayer, bathed every action and every every program and every endeavor was bathed in prayer in contrast to those churches that were put together in a rushed fashion with not much prayer. Prayer really grows the root of the work of God deep into the soil. Uh, When there's prayer, then, and when God is drawing his people into prayer, then there is much more of an effect in what is done. I like the illustration of when you have highway crews that are building a highway through a mountain and you can see this on the Mass Pike in Massachusetts when you're driving towards Boston that there are these large uh, rock structures that line the highway and you can see down the sides of them these uh, thin holes that were drilled where the dynamite was dropped and back in the day, it was quite a painstaking process to drill down deep. And they had to drill for quite a while. They had to drill for, uh, I'm not sure, 50, 60 feet. And this took time and effort. It was not something that was uh, something that was done in a day. And this is like prayer, that prayer is really the process of just uh, approaching the throne of grace in a time of need when when people or we ourselves need it. And we begin to drill deep. We begin to drill down with God. God begins to drill down deep in us. And as we drill, as we pray, as we wait on the Lord, then the the hole gets deeper and deeper. And then when it's at that right depth, we can drop the charges in and set the charges off. Now, if you've ever heard uh, blasting done, then uh, there's a lot of times it's not very loud, and the the sound is actually a very low, deep thud sound where there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of of noise and commotion that is that results because it's a very deep blast and. But the, the the blast is very effective, and when it's set off, there is that sound, and then there is the sounding of a crack, and then you can see literally the side of a mountain fall off. 
And this is really the power of prayer. When we drill deep with God in prayer, there may not be a lot of noise when God works, but it's a very deep sound, and it it breaks the rock. And this is what the devil really is intimidated by. And this is what God wants to draw us into. Whereas if we don't drill deep, then and we set off the charges too soon, we start the program or we start the plans too soon without ample time in prayer, then there could be quite a loud explosion. There could be quite a bit of debris and attention drawn to the the event. But there's not much of an effect, and the mountain still stands without being without being broken. You know, when when God draws us into prayer and he is leading us, we see this happen with Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, that Moses kept the flock. And as he's on the backside of the desert, uh, he is uh, in a place of just destitution. He is discouraged as a man. He tried to uh, execute the will of God, really, without that drilling process of prayer of God in his life. And he killed a man. And God has now had him in 40 years in the desert where he is there by himself. And we see that the angel of the Lord appears to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And it says here that he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, God called and unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. You know, the, the, the call of God into prayer is something that really happens like this. It happens where people may find themselves at the end of a road of great frustration, uh, discouragement, maybe even burnout. And it's really God that waits at the end of this road. And it could actually be the end of a 40-year process in somebody's life. God allowed utter failure of Moses in Egypt because God wanted to work out of Moses all of Moses. He wanted Moses. He wanted to work out of Moses himself. He wanted to work out of Moses' own his own confidence, cleverness, and really his own personal determination. It was really vital for Moses to be found by God emptied of himself, and this process took as long as it took these 40 years. But now when this is done, Moses is ready. And though he doesn't know it yet, that day Moses walked into the direction of Horeb, the Mount of God, and God, the Ancient of Days, met him and had a call on his life. This is really something because God is really the one that draws us into the call of God. He draws us into prayer, and then he draws us into the call. Moses' reply was the perfect reply. It was not a lot of words, not a lot of excuses, not a lot of things to tell God, but just, here am I. He was empty. He was ready. And God said to him, Draw not nigh thither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. And this is very beautiful because Moses, I'm sure with his great um, influence and great education in the courts of Pharaoh, with probably a great mind, did not draw near to examine the phenomena of the bush. He 
was to just remove his shoes and to stand barefoot on the rocky terrain that had now been holy grounds. He was only there to listen and sense the impression of God's holiness in the presence of the call of God. And it's interesting that he was told to take off the shoes off his feet because the bottom of the feet are really the most sensitive part of the physical body. God wanted Moses' attention and he wanted Moses to get quiet. I remember a series of messages that Pastor Schaller preached, I think it was in 05, 04, about psychic noise. And I just remember hearing those messages and really being so quickened to to draw near to God in understanding what it meant to be quiet in the presence of God and to hear from God and to allow God to quiet all of the psychic noise that are that can be inside of a person. Psychic noise can be the can really be the existence of jealousy or frustration or deep disappointment or deep pain. People have suffered a lot. I recently read um, that something like 200 million prescriptions for painkillers have been written for people alone in, in the United States alone. That's unbelievable. People are in a lot of pain. And I think that really the answer to that is taking our shoes off at the burning bush and listening to the voice of God. Prayer is not so much reciting our prayer list to God in a some some hyperactive way because we are not uh, secure that God is listening to us, but prayer really is getting quiet before God. And this may take a little time to do, but just to silence ourselves before God, to get on our knees, to shut off our phone, shut off our tech, and shut off whatever is there and to shut the door, as it says in Matthew 6. Shut the door and to, and to hear the Father, which is in secret. And then when we get quiet before God, and we get quiet before His presence and His personhood and His nature and His promises and His word, then we can begin to hear the voice of God speak to us. I think that God knows way better than we know ourselves what, are, what the prayer lists are. He knows and reads our heart. And this is what we call intimacy. Again, we've had just such an amazing series of messages here. Um, you could get them at the archive uh, called, uh, I believe it's called, uh, God Seeing Us Deeply or Allowing God to Deeply See Us. That's intimacy. And this is really what people desire these days. Social media has has created an interesting phenomenon. You have people that are connected all over the world, but there's no intimacy. There's no face-to-face. There's no talking. There's no sharing of uh, fellowship and fellowship around Christ. And what can happen is, is that it creates a a deep desire for intimacy. And I believe that in this age of technology that we live in, we could actually see a revival of just prayer, a revival of just going deep with God, a uh, a Word of God revival where people hear from God in the depths of who they are, and then they are changed forever. Intimacy is so, so important. Intimacy is when we allow God to go to the deepest parts of our soul and to, through the Word of God, expose it, understanding that we're loved in an environment of grace, that God loves us, 
and that he doesn't forsake us and that there is that he never rejects us and then then we allow god through the power of the word to convert the innermost parts of our soul lastly i was thinking of these verses this morning and just really spoke to me about when we are in prayer when we are in that place where we are fellowshipping with god in communion with god we discover that we are beloved of god i think that this is so well illustrated in the life of Daniel. Daniel was a man of prayer. He was a man of conviction. He was a a man of the word. And he really sought the face of God. And in Daniel chapter 10, we see the event where God is speaking to him in verse 17. And this is really an amazing load for Daniel to take on, the vision of what God wanted to do and what God was going to do in, for Israel. And he says in these words, For now, for how can the servant, chapter 10, verse 17, how can the servant of this my Lord talk with this my Lord? For as for me, straightway there remains no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. And I think that that can happen in the ministry. That can happen to a dad who's working over time with kids and uh, short on finances and trying to keep up with life. This could happen to a mom that is maybe a single mom. It could be happening to a missionary, someone that's on the field, where life can happen and things can happen and there could be no breath left in us And in verse 18, I love these words, it says, Then there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me. Isn't that beautiful? That when there's no strength and no breath in the servant of God, then there's one that is like the appearance of a man that comes, and there is that contact. I I love this because there is no words, there is no instruction, there is no... uh, anything going on here but there is just identification there is a connection and with prayer we discover really this mystical connection with God with the Word of God where the Word of God becomes rhema to us where it becomes something that is a personal revelation of what God wants to do in our personal lives in our families and in our ministries there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man Jesus Christ is that man isn't he he is the one that is the one that came in the likeness of sinful flesh in Romans chapter 8, verse 3. And he touched us with compassion. He touched us with identification, and that strengthens us. And lastly, look at this verse in verse 19. And he said, and it wasn't just a touch, but there are words also. He said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Isn't that awesome? O man greatly beloved. God loves Daniel. In prayer, we discover the love of God and that there's no need to fear. Because he says here, fear not, peace be unto you. Be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened. That's the key right there. When he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Prayer ushers us into intimacy with God 
It's a place where God can know us very deeply. It's a place where we can know God very deeply. It's a place where we can experience deep comfort. And when we have that deep comfort in our lives, then we can hear the Word of God. And actually, prayer produces a capacity for the Bible. Because it says here, When you spoke, I was strengthened. When he has spoken, I was strengthened. And this is what prayer does. Prayer that exalts the Word of God. Prayer that exalts a mission. Prayer that exalts a plan that God has. And I want to close with this poem that I read recently by Alfred Tennyson. And it really just kind of gives the picture of how prayer can impact places that we may not necessarily be able to go and to be. There's a place where thou cannot touch the eyes of blinded men to instant perfect sight. There's a place where you cannot say arise to dying captives bound in chains of night. There's a place where you cannot reach the store of hoarded gold and free it for the Lord. There's a place upon some distant shore where you cannot send the worker and the word. There's a place, that place, where is that place? It is the secret place, you may ask. Where is the secret place of prayer? And prayer is that secret place. And Lord, give us wisdom in how to pray, teach us to pray, and to discover this awesome gift of prayer. You're listening to the Grace Hour, and we've uh, heard a teaching from uh, Pastor Chris Moore. It's pastor in uh, the Philadelphia area, and he's got a book. And that book is called The Drawing Into Prayer, a 30-day prayer guide into his presence and uh, just heard a great explanation on the intimacy of prayer the facts maybe you learned something you didn't know that the bottom the bottoms of your feet are the most sensitive part of you and that's why Moses took off his shoes in the presence of God and uh, if you have any questions if you've got some testimonies about uh, prayer if you'd like to share your thoughts on this subject, how has God touched you in prayer? That's a big one. Uh, we'll receive your calls at 1-800-338-7060 uh, or 410-483-3700 if you'd like to uh, talk to us on the air. If you want to send an email, the address is questions at gracehour.org and you can follow us at Twitter at the Grace Hour. And we do have uh, something special for you. If you're a part of our mailing list or you want to be, you can go to gracehour.org. And uh, there's a special survey we'd like you to be a part of. And so you can find out how to be on the mailing list there. And then you can also receive a PDF PDF file of uh, the first chapter of Pastor Chris Moore's book, The Drawing Into Prayer. So we think that's a great edifying thing for you to have, and you can read it and really develop your prayer life more fully that way. So phone lines are open. Uh, please uh, call, talk about these things with us. I'm Steve Vanderlonis. Uh, Pastor Schaller is also in the studio with us today. So if you have any questions about these things regarding the uh, purpose and plan and the practice of prayer, we'd love for you to talk about it today on The Grace Hour.